Welcome to The Working Mom, Life of a Bully Teacher. I am your podcast host, Dr. Courtney Pegram, and I'm here with you today. I'm thrilled, excited to create a safe place where we can have those more difficult conversations. We can learn more about our emotions, about our children's struggles, and develop those social skills, not only for our children, but for ourselves. Um, So today, hmm, we are going to talk about shame. So when I think of shame, I think of very personal stories that haven't impacted me. I also think about ways I've processed it, dealt with it, or avoided it. And I think that it's really important that we start thinking about how we deal with shame, how we feel it, when does it happen, what we do with it. Because if we are going to better understand how to help our children and to avoid shaming our own kids, we need to understand what we are ashamed of. So before I get deep down into um, the life of shame, I want to talk about the different definitions. So sometimes we get confused about what is shame, embarrassment, and guilt. So embarrassment is when you've done something that um, it's a behavior that you that you feel bad for, right? Um, but it does not define you. So it could be like you left um, toilet paper on your shoe when you walked out of the bathroom and you're embarrassed, right? You know, you wish that that wouldn't happen. Um, it doesn't stop you in your track. and It doesn't become part of your identity. It doesn't create fear or isolation. It's just, it happened and it kind of sucked. So <clears throat> when we're embarrassed, it's, it's, it's a behavior that happened and it create a sense of um, uncomfortableness, um, a sense of unease, but it's a behavior and it does not define us. And then guilt, guilt is feeling bad for something we did, okay? So it's, it's just feeling bad for that behavior again, right? So again, the themes are behaviors. Or shame. Shame is we feel bad for part of something that is the core of ourselves, <clears throat> we feel we feel like we're not good enough, not strong enough, not enough. We feel incredible pain thinking of a situation, and it's no longer a behavior. It has become part of us. It defines us. So shame is feeling bad for ourselves, for who we are as humans. Where embarrassment is being ashamed. Is sorry, embarrassment is being. Um, feeling bad for a behavior that we did. So I think those definitions are really important. And obviously there's like clear definitions that we can look up, but I want to kind of give you a visual of the differences. Because when I work with kids, it's really important to understand like, what's the difference when you're embarrassed versus ashamed? And then when that shame comes up, what are some behaviors that occur, right? Um, So for me, shame has been something I've explored for I think the past year and a half, two years, really like started studying on myself to kind of identify like, hey, where's this coming from? And and why am I saying these things to myself? Because they're not serving me. They're not adding value. They're holding me back. So I started identifying what am I ashamed of, right? Is it perhaps my body, my financial situation, right? My fear of failure, my, my failures, right? Who am I as a person, as an individual? 
And then you want to go a little deeper, like where is that coming from? Was it your upbringing? Was it your social construct? Was it where you were from? You know, was it from even from a different country, different neighborhood? Um, what are those stories that you keep telling in your head that create that sense that as a person, you're just not enough? So that's where shame comes from. What happens when we feel ashamed is we isolate, we numb, okay, or we like fight back. And the problem when we fight back, we're angry, resentful. Um, we have these negative emotions. So the fighting back isn't positive. It's, it's really comes from a place, mean place, I would say, like a dark place. So understanding not only what, where we feel shame and then how it comes, but also what do we do with it. So when I talk about numbing, for me it took some, some years and some, some good reading with um, Brene Brown, is numbing could be like binge-watching TV, right? It could be drinking, it could be losing in drugs and alcohol. And when we numb is because we just don't want to feel it. We don't want to go through either that memory, that feeling, or thinking about like what happened and how that makes us feel. So shame is, is a very negative emotion that takes a real big toll on our self-esteem and our self-worth. So what do we do with shame, right? How do we, how do we process it and like overcome it? So I think for me, what I have done, <clears throat> I started figuring out when the, those memories come up or those thoughts, like where are they coming from and why? So often where I feel the most shame, it could be around um, me as a person, um, which sounds silly, but like, you know, being a small business owner, I didn't take the um, conventional path, right? So I have a doctorate, I'm a psychologist, and um, I went through the path, it was the, of uh, the, the most resistance, right? So I fought very hard for 10 years to build my company. And sometimes I feel shame around how people, other people views me because they're like, you know, she's a small company, she's not good enough, she's never going to make it. And it's like, I created this audience around me that tells me these things. So that when I actually hit failure, instead of saying, you know, oh, that sucked. That was, that was really painful. It's like, I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make it. I'm in a financial crisis and there's no way out of this. It's all my fault. Like, who did you think you were to actually try to take this on? Like, did you actually think you were going to make it? Those are the messages that were coming through. And I started exploring more of where they came from and how I could stop those voices. So it did take a lot of work. And there's a lot of things that I've used to kind of help me through it. Because reality is I am good enough and my company is awesome. <laughs> um, I love my work. I am super duper passionate about what I do and I love it. And I don't want anyone to take that away from it. I don't want anyone to take that from me. So I got to stop taking that from me, if that makes sense. So I have to stop thinking that I'm not enough, that this is not enough, because it is. Because it's amazing for me. So that's where my shame comes. So what I do is I project onto other people what I feel about myself, and I think that they're thinking that. So when you think about it for yourself, think about your children, and that's how I can relate to 
our kids is, you know, they're thinking these things that they're very, very insecure where they feel shame and they look out to their peers and they're like, they think all of that of me. They must because I think of myself. And especially when friends turn on other friends and they bring that stuff up, it's very painful. So things that maybe as adults, as working parents, as moms that we can be ashamed of, it could be our bodies, our looks, it could be our marriage, um, our financial situation, you know, our work. It could be because we've done some stuff that we're not super proud of. It could be some past trauma that's just sitting and lurking there, right? It could be because in our upbringings, we didn't have the most supportive environment. There could have been trauma in the home, alcoholism, drug abuse. You know, you could have grown up with a mean mom and that can have some detrimental effect on you. So you have to think about where that shame is coming from. And then once you identify it, it's like, wait, okay, now I see where it's coming from. Where's that voice? Why is that voice coming up? And then if you can identify sometimes who that person is, if it's your younger self, if it's a sibling, father, mother, teacher, right? You know, then you're kind of, instead of making that invisible audience, you're putting faces to it. And then you can say like, you know what? I don't need you. You don't serve me right now, right? So, and that really helps as far as visuals. And when I work with the kids, we do do that. So we figure out like where our deepest, darkest insecurities and what we're ashamed of. And then we talk about, okay, so who is saying that to you? Where did you hear that from, right? So when did this happen? And now how do we make it stop? So first we identify where the voice is coming from. And then we take ownership. We take power in our voice. And we say, I love to say this to my kids, that's on you, boo. That's not me. That's not who I'm going to identify with anymore. Right? So even though it's all visual, it really helps the kids. And I think it can help us. I mean, it helps me to really visualize like when that voice that tells me that I'm not good enough That, who are you kidding? Do you really think you're going to make it? Do you really think you're that smart? You know, or the person that tells me, like, you're just not that great. You're not that pretty. Um, You're cute, but that's about it. Or, you know what? Why would you do something so hard? You're never going to make it. So once I figure out where those things are coming from, I can really identify the person, the thought, and then I can say, like, really, that's not how I feel. That's not how I want to feel, right? You know, I've built a business because I really believe in it. I believe that I can change the way we educate our youth and our corporations when it comes to emotions, social-emotional learning, and social skills, which basically for adults is also emotional intelligence, right? So that's what I believe, but all these people in my in that audience, that invisible audience that are criticizing and judging me, if I give them power, then I'm taking out the stuff that makes me me, that makes me whole. I think we forget about that. Um, I've been making jokes, um, and to be honest, I like I'm in therapy. Um, I've been in therapy for a year. It partly started because um, I was following Brene Brown reading all books and. You know, when she started discovering that she, that, you know, there's all these things in her research, she went to therapy and she made an Excel sheet of like the things that um, she wanted to work on. And then she really realized that 
there was a lot more work to be done. And she really had to go deep, deep inside herself to really figure out what was going on so she could better serve her people. Um, so for me, it was more like, hey, I felt like I was in a hamster wheel. And things were coming up and I didn't understand. And I was scared. I was terrified. And I was also failing. I was failing in my business. I was failing in my marriage. And I was numbing a ton. And I needed to get help. So for me, I started therapy a year ago, once a week, just like Brene. Um, and it's through that that I figured out what I was doing, right? So I would self-sabotage myself for no reason. Just because. Because I'm used to it. I knew what it felt like and it was safe for me. Was it was it productive? Was it efficient? No. Really harmed me. And I did it for years. Because that's the only thing I knew how to do, right? I always knew how to be the underdog. But I never knew how to be a super dog. So with therapy, or even like if you had group sessions, book club, you name it, a place where you feel safe that you can talk about that stuff that is holding you back so you can find your voice is super important. Because not only has therapy just helped me, it's helped me beyond my expectations. I am more in tune with my emotions so I can control myself in larger groups. I can control my reactions. And I also can connect to people a lot better because I'm not bringing my, my stuff onto them. I'm, I'm not saying like, hi, here's all my crap, enjoy, have fun. No, I'm actually mindful and present. And especially when I work in my coaching practice and, and with my kids, I am there and I feel them, I hear them, and I'm so connected. And that's really powerful because I don't have that crap anymore. So what I'm saying is sometimes we need extra help to kind of deal with that shame. And for me, I just needed someone that I could actually like share my voice and say all the stuff that I've been holding back for the past 10 years. So me and my girlfriends always make a joke that, you know, I'm carrying around about like 10 pounds of shame with me because my body is my emotional shield. Um, So as mom, sometimes thinking about like, you know, where is that shame coming from and how are you numbing? What are you doing to yourself, right? Do you really think that you deserve success and happiness? And if you don't, then find out why. Because we do. Everyone does, right? And everyone everyone deserves to have the opportunity to find their purpose if they want to, to find their passion, to find what that drives them. Because that's what we want for our kids, right? We want our kids to be happy, successful, healthy, Right? But if we can't figure out how to do that for ourselves, what are we teaching our children? So that's why I want to talk about shame. So shame overflows in every aspect of our life. And we really got to identify what's holding us back. What are those dark things that we don't want to look at or talk about that we either run away from, we put onto someone else, right? Or we numb. Because what is that doing to our children? Right? And then how do we kind of have those conversations with our kids? Because I think that over time, if we don't deal with shame, it like, as we don't talk to it, it just just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and takes up more room, right? But the minute we start talking about it and we start identifying it, it gets smaller. We're taking our power back. We're not giving shame any power, right? Because often... With shame, you have the feeling of not being good enough, not being strong enough, not being enough, um, 
You could actually like hide behind perfectionism, right? Isolation, pretending everything is always okay, right? And those are the things that the kids do too, right? You know, so when kids start to isolate, they like feel like they have to be perfect. They have to be the best. They cannot fail. They cannot disappoint their parents. I mean, that is some crazy stuff, right? And I'm seeing it more and more in kids. And that's why I am here today telling you what I'm ashamed of and who I am as a person and that I had to seek help because I want you to take that time to reflect on yourself and be like, who am I as a parent? Is this what I want to be? And is this how I want other people to perceive me? And if it's no, then find resources to get yourself some help because it it trickles down to our kids. I do this activity called Cross the Line. It's one of our most famous things for our assemblies. It's amazing. Um, And you know what's really funny? Is in my corporate trainings, I don't do it too much because I I fear, and this, this is my thing, so just like pausing a moment to better understand me. In my daily life, I'm super risky. I take big risks, big jump. I throw myself off a cliff and I'm like, I hope it's the, hope there's water down there because this is going to hurt, right? Take big risks. But in my corporate training programs, I am risk averse. Why? Because we never have enough time for our training to really capture the essence of the impact of our emotions, right? And that's a problem. So in schools, in our assemblies, we do the activity cross the line. But often in corporate, I find it to be so much value, and I steer away from it. Um, not because, not because I just don't want to make all my trainings like happy-go-lucky, but I think that sometimes as adults we have these shields that we've bi- built up, that like, if we bring in something that like tears that shield down and we're not ready, it could be a disaster. So. I mean, and back to this whole point, I'm doing this podcast because right now it's just you and me talking. It's you and me having a conversation. And I'm asking you to look at yourself and be like, what are the things that are holding me back? What are the things am I ashamed of? Right? How can I start breaking that that shield by me freeing myself versus someone pounding on it? So that's why with the activity cross the line, we have a huge impact, especially on middle school. It's beautiful. But we ask questions like, you know, cross the line if you feel stressed out. Cross the line if you feel like you're not good enough. Cross the line if you fear disappointing your parents. And 80 to 90% of the kids cross. And it breaks my heart every time. Because I don't really remember being that stressed out in middle school. It was really awkward, dark and twisty. Mm, But I wasn't stressed out like this. So... When we think about how stress is taking over our children, right, and they're so afraid, they live in a constant fear, in a distraction zone. Like they're like in a they're like in a war zone when you think about it. Like they're distracted, they always have to be vigilant, they have to be like successful, they have to work really hard, they're afraid of testing, they're afraid to disappoint you, they're afraid to show their true colors, because what if they turn their back and they get they get to slap down, right? They're terrified, right? And they put all this big front. But when you have that moment when we do those assemblies, wow, to hear them open up, they're amazing kids. They're amazing teenagers, right? We have to start listening to our kids. But we also have to de-stress and unshame here because it's not helping anyone. So the ways that I've dealt with my shame, so just so I know, you don't have to like do what I do, but maybe this will give you some ideas. So I started running because... um, 
I hope my best friends listen to this podcast. <clears throat> so for her birthday, she wanted to run a marathon, and I was like, yay, of course I won't let you do this alone, so I decided to run the marathon with her, um, which is probably the biggest gift she gave me because I've been training, and through the training, I've been running. And when I run, it's just me. My mind goes crazy, and I love it. I get to explore all the different dynamics, conversations, things, and I get to replay situations in my head and really play them out of the way of, I, how would I have said that? What would I have done? And I also, during those run, have some time to forgive myself and be like, it's okay, right? Again, that's not on you. Don't own that, right? You are good enough. You're doing great, right? And sometimes even on my run, with all the challenges I've had and, you know, building your own business can be extremely stressful, you know, I say to myself, I am statements, right? So when I get really dark, right, when I'm getting hard on myself, I come back and I use I am statements. Um, and they're really helpful. And I make fun of it. I make fun of myself and I laugh, right? But I do do it, honestly. So if I'm feeling really bad for something that happened or someone said something to me that was hurtful, you know, I start repeating the I am statements. I am strong. I am safe. I am secure. I am loved. I am at the table, right? I found my voice. I am awake in my own life, right? I come up with 10 to 15 statements that when I say them, resonate deep inside my soul and I feel connected to them because those are the I am statements you want. And I want you to start finding those I am statements. What, what are you really good at? What makes you unique? What makes you feel good? What are your values? What are your beliefs? Those are critical things to know because that helps you. Because when shame comes up, when you can figure out like, this is my belief, my value, right? And this is my positive belief, not negative belief, but this is my positive belief about myself. And saying out loud, talking about it, you're squishing shame away, right? And then another strategy I have, I have a core group of girlfriends, like solid. I am so grateful for these girls, right? They have no idea how much they've impacted my life. And they actually, I'm trying to think about, a few of them know each other, but they're from all different points of my life, right? And they're like successful, strong, amazing moms. Oh, and one is actually just a, she's, she's not a mom yet. But she's a very close friend too. So I have this, this group of diverse women, right? And I use them. Like they are my shield, my support. They are everything to me. So how do I use them? Is you have to find your people, right? The people that you can really open up to and be like, I'm having a crappy day, right? My husband is a donkey, right? Or I feel like a failure. I am depressed right now. I'm so lonely. You want those people in your life so that when you say that, they respond with, hey, I'm here, I'm with you. I felt like that too. I'm sorry, I'm here with you, right? And I, you want those friends that will listen, that won't one-up you, that won't tell you like when you share something really like painful, right? About yourself, they don't turn around and say, it's just like me. I'm going to tell you about me because that doesn't help us, right? So find those people, right? So I have a four group of five girls. So I'm so grateful because I have five girls. And they all help me in different aspects of my life. But I have like those really raw, honest conversations, right? 
So in a phone call, we can laugh, cry, right? Really be honest and have insight from each other. That's what I want you to find. Find one or two people like that, and it's going to change your life. That doesn't mean like that the other people aren't important, but they're not like your support group. Like the, the people that have the most meaning as far as when you need someone, you won't ever feel exposed. But when you're vulnerable, they sit with you through it, right? And multiple times with these women I've called, I'm like, you know, I'm really ashamed this happened, or I failed, or, you know, I might have lied about this, or I can't believe I'm here again, right? And those are the people that you want in your life that are going to be like, I get you, I'm with you, right? Because that helps. And then you start talking about the stuff, right? You're opening up, and any part of shame that might come up gets squished away because you're not isolating yourself, pretending or hiding. You're opening up. So find that group for you. And it can be just one friend. You don't even need, I'm just telling you, I mean, over the years, I've built these five girlfriends that are like my super women, my superpower. And they mean the world to me. And I'm extremely grateful because they've got me out of some really dark stuff, right? But with that said, even with these strategies, you're still going to go through some dark stuff, right? It's just to kind of help you get through it. So I am statements is really important. Finding your group of people, right? One to five or don't, I don't think after five, I don't think it'd be really, that's a lot of people. But anyway, just like find a few, right? Um, and then also like really finding a way, if it's therapy, group therapy, taking a walk, to kind of process the things that are really dark and inside you that you haven't had a chance to kind of let go. That's really important, right? So kind of finding, letting go and finding closure. So however you want to do that and find that, you can do that. Also, I recommend journaling. So for me, the process of, you know, having my women, running, journaling, I am statements, and like therapy has been extremely helpful. I still have a lot of work to do. But I found that this past year, I've made more progress as a person, as a professional, but also like, just sitting with a group of kids, like, I find that I have more connections because I'm being my authentic self, my real self, right? And I had to find that. Oh, she was hidden. I don't know where she went for 10 years, but for 10 years, she escaped me. <laughs> and I'd become, so where I was talking about where I was last year, I was dark. I, I was rigid, right? I was negative. I was guarded. I was afraid to share real stuff. Um, I would punish myself all the time. Oh my God. I'd be like, well, I can't go up. I, I can't go to dinner. Like I have nothing to wear. I mean, right. And I'd, I'd hear myself saying like, I'm disgusting. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm old. Oh my God. You name it. I, I had the whole wheelhouse going on and I woke up and I was like, I don't want to be this person anymore because 10 years ago, I was walking down the street, and I was like, I'm amazing. I'm doing great. I'm so happy, right? And I was fun. I was full of life. I was a dreamer, and I lost all that. Over 10 years of going through incidents, some, some really severe trauma, and not processing that trauma, also not giving myself credit when credit was deserved. So with that said is I, I had to, like, peel back the layers and figure out where did I go, right? So that's what I want you to figure out. If you could take a moment 
and I know in my previous episodes we've talked about the SWAT. Go back to your SWAT, your SWAT 2.0 that I made you to. Figure out your strengths and figure out, like, who am I as a person? Who do I want to be, right? And I want, what do I want people saying about me? What do I want my kids saying about me, right? That's the important thing because you really want to hit the core of, like, where am I right now and who do I want to be and how do I bridge that gap? So I really think that finding coping strategies and tools to help you is really important. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be taking a 15-minute walk a day. Uh, Gratitude statements. Write them down in a journal. Say them out loud, right? It could be, you know, finding your voice, learning to say no, planning your time. But all these strategies really help you become more of a person of who you want to be, right? And it helps you address these things that are harder, right? Because if you're able to plan time in your day and really feel safe and secure and really spend some time, maybe 15 minutes a day, reflecting on who you are and the things you want to process, that's super important. That's a win, right? So find what works for you. So the kind of the strategies we talked about today was journaling. You know, for me, it was running. So any type of exercise, especially if you're holding on to anger, right? Um, Exercise can really let you set yourself free. Um, seeing a therapist, group therapy, or even like, I mean, I've heard of some amazing book clubs that are really good as therapy. Finding a group, a core group of people, right? Could be just one person, five people, how many you want, but that you really can be true and honest. And when you're in pain, they sit with you. They will never judge, criticize, right? They will never tell you it's really not that big of a deal or, oh, it's okay, right? You know, it's okay, like, you know, it's not a big deal, like, you know, you'll totally get over this, or, because in those moments, you don't want to hear, like, no, you're totally fine, you're amazing, you want to hear, like, this sucks, and I'm with you, because that really helps process it through. You also want to be really clear on your I am statements, right? Say them out loud, say them in your head, say them a thousand times a day, they really work. So, And the reason I started doing this is like, I'm going to stop telling my kids what to do and I'm going to practice every single strategy that I teach my children. They teach my kids, my teens, my adults. So I walk around screaming I I am statements all the time. It makes me laugh. I mean, my friends make fun of me sometimes, but hey, it is what it is, right? So come up with works for you because when we have positive coping strategies and tools, we really can address shame. Because shame can take over our lives and really hold us back from the amazing people we are. It can impact the way we're raising our children. So we need to de-stress and figure out who we are so that we can de-stress our kids so we can help them figure out who they are. So with that said, I want to leave you today with some ideas, insights, or maybe just a reminder that you are enough. You're strong enough. You're good enough. And darn it, you're an amazing parent. You're an amazing educator. And you're sitting here with me. And I'm really, really grateful to have you be part of my podcast, my community, right? Because together we can make a difference. Together we can change the way we're educating our kids to make them resilient, strong, to take away the anxiety and stress, right? So that they can see that there is a tomorrow and things do get better. So... Start doing the work on yourself. Let me know how that works out. And any tools or anything you need, I'm here for you, right? I want to serve you. 
Okay. Have a wonderful, beautiful day, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for listening.